girlies. Hi, girlies. Hey, girlies. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. If you can't tell, we have a third girlie here today. We're joined by Michelle Smith, very exciting guest. Yes. So Michelle is the owner of Oba Acupuncture and our new guru. We've both recently discovered you and become obsessed with you yes. in the last few weeks. I feel like months. you're my Bikram. Like, let me sit <laughs> on the floor be at your feet. Without being you a do, Yes, you can do whatever you want to me. Take me in your Rolls Royce. Let's go. I feel so deeply uncomfortable. I don't want to be your Bikram, but like, I'll I, definitely be like your bestie that has all the health advice. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> maybe more like my Tony Robbins. Yeah. That's a right. much better descriptor. That's much... I'm happy to go down the Bikram road though. <laughs> anyway. He was a, he was a, Pocket nice for question. later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So getting into it. Michelle is the owner of Oba Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Clinic, a registered Chinese herbal medicine practitioner, a degree qualified acupuncturist, reproductive health educator, yoga facilitator, and podcast host of the Periodical Pod. <laughs> I really struggled to get all that out because you've got so much going on. Yeah. All around bad bitch. All around bad bitch. And she kind of lives by this ethos of trying to help women and all sorts of people to just live in flow with their cycle, live in flow with themselves, um, feel empowered in their bodies. Yeah. All of this in their bodies. good stuff. All the stuff that we desperately needed when you came into our lives (laughs) I think my general approach is there is so many things holding women back yeah patriarchy like we don't need to list all of the things we're straight into it that I'm like I don't want our health to be just another thing holding us back so if you can learn about your body feel like educated on your hormones and what's happening in your body then you can use that information to actually live in flow mm. with your natural cycles or, yeah. you know, and then feel empowered. Do you do that with your work? Like, do you work in your menstrual cycle kind of peaks mm. and troughs? Yeah. So I used to be like <laughs> hardcore menstrual cycle syncing, mm. um, my exercise, my food and everything. I'm probably more balanced now and just take a general approach of how is my body feeling on any given day? Um, because yeah, you know, like you can get really, really dogmatic about things and you can get really strict of like, oh my God, no, I'm in my luteal phase and I can only be doing X, Y, and Z. Right. And so I feel like I swung too far into that camp and now I'm trying to find just like a middle road of listening to my body. And I think we're in the, we're in the pure patriarchal work life. Yeah, I live and breathe deadlines. Mm-hmm. I've got the exact same work hours, the exact same expectations. And some days I'm like, my brain's not here. I'm tired. What happened? Yeah. And I think it's like, I hope it's changing. Is the corporate world changing? Or I just live in a dreamland where I think it's changing. Look, it's okay. We're all Delulu Barbies. There yeah. are things that are getting better in terms of work flexibility. But at the end of the day it's still a time and money game. So like the expectations haven't changed. So you can probably pull an all nighter and have, you know, a late start the next morning, but you've still got to get it done by the time you've got to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Um, the deadlines are arbitrary though? Yes. And they're they're ridiculous. Usually. (laughs) They're usually unreasonable and unrealistic and unnecessary. Yeah. Mm. But you make a good point. I think too much of a good thing 
can be a bad thing and that can apply to anything mm-hmm. even when it's related to health and you're trying to do all the right things and I often find myself getting so overwhelmed by like I'm trying to do my exercise routine and I'm trying to do my meditation which is not going very well I'm trying to like <laughs> keep up with all of my appointments and mm. take all of my supplements and like sometimes you just feel like you're li- you're imposing a new regime on yourself and it's all just too much yeah totally we can dress up patriarchy in other outfits right like we can still have those like that rigidity in our health and in the way you know that we schedule appointments or like having to do all of the things like I think that's a really valid point I'm so rebellious I'm like even if this is like you know you should have a probiotic every day I'm like but for how long I can't Mm. commit to anything forever yeah it's a cycle that I'll do that for a month do something else for a month. We did the same when we talked about maintenance. Like, I can't do nails every two weeks. I can't make that commitment, guys. No, you got to do what works for that period of your life. Yeah. And you have to enjoy your life. Like, I think that's something that I'm really big on in my clinical practice is, like, I I don't want to be the, you know, like, joy police and go through (laughs) and, like, be like, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. It's like, how can we find a nice, like, middle road where you're doing the things in life that you want to be doing, Mm, but then you're not also, like totally annihilating your health oh yeah i used to have this personal trainer who would be like need to stay so strict with the regime and like send me a photo of everything you eat and i'm like i'm already trying to do the most out here i'm like i'm coming to these sessions i'm trying to generally eat well like i don't need it to be so strict yeah and and get in the way of the joy of life yeah because if we don't enjoy our lives like what have we got yeah absolutely Mm. yeah also you don't want people to come in and lie to you because then how do you help them? But you can't even lie to Michelle because she's like, show me your tongue. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why do you always want to see our tongues? Um, the tongue shows us so much. So in Chinese medicine, we feel the pulse and we look at the tongue as like our primary kind of like diagnostic tools. Um, the tongue is telling me like your recent history and your pulse is telling me like what's happening right now. So you'll notice like I'll feel your pulse before acupuncture and then during and then after. And that's because I'm changing the pulse like in the moment because it's reflecting like the here and now. The tongue though is telling me like so much. Like I'm thinking of one patient in particular. She doesn't eat breakfast and I can look at her tongue and I'm like, dude, you've not been eating breakfast. I can see it. And she's like, I'm sorry, but... We're looking really? at, yeah, we're looking at the color of the tongue. So if it's pale, some people will have like a really bright red tongue. I've seen like purple tongues, like a black tongue. Like you can, the color changes. A black tongue. I yeah. cannot. And, and that the furriness of the tongue. The is that furriness, a thing? Yeah, the yeah. furriness. My mouth yeah. feels so furry. <laughs> wow. So, and also like the position of the furriness. So like if there's more of a coat at the front or the back or the middle, um, and we're looking, sometimes there's like, we call them like strawberry marks. So it looks like, you know, like little red dots on the tongue. That's a sign that there's heat. And then we're looking at any shaping. So yeah. Yeah. yeah you see people with like ridges. Yeah. 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 So that's usually like um, a good sign that their metabolism or their like digestion system is impaired. And um, it's because you're in Chinese medicine, your digestion is responsible for like holding muscles in place. And then if it's weak, the tongue kind of goes like, I don't want to say this word, the tongue kind of goes like flaccid in the mouth. Yeah, and, um, the teeth. and then it's yeah, like it the side of the tongue. Get it, tongue. <laughs> the side of the tongue like rests 
beside the teeth. So then that, that's how it gets the ridges. But yeah. 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 So we see so much on the tongue. We're going to learn a lot today, I can tell, <laughs> starting with flaccid tongues. Um, like to take it right back to basics though, mm. what, what is acupuncture in Chinese medicine? Like for someone who is on the street, has mm. no idea, mm. what is the practice and what is it about? Well, it's a full type of medicine from China. So you know, before we had modern medicine, this was the medicine. And so I kind of refer to it as like a whole system of medicine. We know acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine and cupping and gua sha are probably like the most well-known aspects of Chinese medicine. Um, but martial arts is also falls under the umbrella of Chinese medicine. Wow. So does astrology. So like Chinese astrology is really big. Um, and then when I was in China, I was... Um, I was living in a Taoist temple and they had um, different Taoist medicine practices there. And like we did music um, was a form of medicine. So playing instruments that relate to the organ systems and things like that. So it's like very, very, very diverse, like the full yeah. umbrella of Chinese medicine. Yeah. But most people know acupuncture and Chinese herbs. Um, and so what do you offer at your clinic? What's your area of specialty? We do acupuncture, cupping, and Chinese herbal medicine. Yeah. So in Australia, to be an acupuncturist, to call yourself an acupuncturist, you need to have completed a bachelor's degree and you need to be registered with APRA um, to call yourself like a registered acupuncturist. So I'm an acupuncturist and then I'm also a herbal medicine practitioner. So some people will just be an acupuncturist. Yeah. Some people will be both. Um, my mentor in Melbourne, who's like quite a prolific gynecology herbalist, he doesn't do acupuncture. And that's kind of like traditionally in China and Taiwan. Um, my understanding in any case is that when you get to a certain level in your career, you no longer do acupuncture because you don't have to. Like Chinese yeah, herbal medicine right. is kind of like seen as like more superior. Yeah. The antithesis, mm. and that's kind of like the busybody work doing the actual needling. Pretty much. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're an academic if you're prescribing herbs, right? Like you're yeah. Just... Yeah, herbal medicine you don't want to muck around with. Yeah. Mm. No. Um, what do the needles do? Yeah, great question. So I explain it to most of my patients that have never had acupuncture before as if you're in your house and the lights go out, and you walk out to the switchboard and there's like 20 switches on the switchboard, you're only going to flick the switches that are turned off, right? It's kind of like that with acupuncture points. Like I'm not going in and putting acupuncture needles in every single point. Well, you could be putting in a thousand needles. Yeah, it exactly. Would it would be limitless. <laughs> but um, so I'm choosing the points that need to be switched back on essentially so that the whole system can start to flow again so that your meridians has no blockages and your energy is flowing smoothly throughout the body. Blood's yeah. flowing smoothly. I'm just always so amazed that we'll like have a 10 minute conversation it's therapy. like a mini therapy session we'll have therapy i'll lay down relax <laughs> and then you just know where to go yeah you know it's not like you've got like a map and you're like oh i'll do this and this you're like here 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 my shin hurts mm. why does my shin pin hurt <laughs> why am i always getting them in between my brows i'm like huh interesting but then there's different spots and i go how does she just know 
I guess that's what you study. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting there to be just like a map hidden behind a curtain. And you're like looking at it and pinning. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a radio in my ear or something. No, um, there are literally hundreds of acupuncture points. I probably have my favorite points that I go to more often. Like they're, um, and you attract a certain type of patient in. So yeah. like we were talking today. All the girl, the anxious girlies. Yeah, <laughs> literally have the anxious girlies. Because I am an anxious girly. I'm like, come, I'll look after you. Um, and Zoe today was saying, one of my other acupuncturists, she was saying how she gets like the really like bound up people. And I'm like, oh no, I get like the sensitive Yeah, I yeah. just need to come <laughs> and have a cry. <laughs> we come, we have a little cuddle, we get yeah. our nails. I need that heat lamp. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite part as well, and this is for anyone who's never been into acupuncture the deep relaxation that happens mm. when you leave the room yeah tell us what that's about um like how uh, how do i go from being card. like i come in i'm so anxious i'm so wound up we have a little chat you put the pins in and then yeah. next, suddenly i'm knocked out cold the other day you left me knocked out cold for an hour yeah i was like brooke needs a little bit of extra time <laughs> Um, look, it's, I think it's a combination of things. Of course, it's the acupuncture. Acupuncture has the ability to regulate us back into our parasympathetic state of being. So that's like our rest and relaxation response. But there are very few opportunities that we get to truly be by ourselves. Mm. And so, I mean, I literally like needle you and like stick you on a table so you cannot move. Yeah. It's a dark room and there's really relaxing music playing. But you probably don't have any other opportunities where you're truly by yourself. Like you've either got your phone or your dog or your partner or whatever. And so I think it's the combination of absolutely the acupuncture needles, but also just like a reflection of modern lives and the fact that we're often overstimulated like 24-7. And then coming to acupuncture is like the one time in your week that you truly get to just like be with yourself. And it's not like you're asleep. Because I remain kind of, well, I have dozed off for for a little bit, but it kind of feels like you're under this layer of consciousness where Mm. you're just kind of being. You are meditating, Brooke. Is that what meditating is? You've you've achieved it. (laughs) Like, I've never really felt like that in any other, any other modality, anything I've ever tried. It's so special. Mm. Do you get that feeling? Yeah. I mean, you'll also get it if you go to yin. And yeah. like yin and pins yin you and do, pins, which yeah. we love. Yeah. I've also definitely fallen asleep in yin. Oh, I'm snoozing. Oh, yeah. I'm the only the person sh- that's not putting their hands together. I'm yeah. like this. <laughs> I've woken myself up snoring in yin. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm that guy. I've had to wake people up snoring when I used to teach yoga. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing. I like that. But, but it's a different type of yeah, relaxation. And the music's at the perfect volume. I often find myself uh. thinking this. Like it's loud enough that I'm forced out of my stream of consciousness Mm. but it's not so loud that i'm like oh i can't relax yeah right oh that's good to know don't change it (laughs) don't touch the speaker the i wear an aura ring yes do you guys do you have an aura ring do you know what it is Uh, the ring it's like a wearable okay it's like an apple watch on your finger on your finger yeah (laughs) and it recognizes acupuncture as a nap even when I don't fall asleep. So like you go into such a deep rest that it yeah. actually thinks you're asleep, but you're awake, huh. mm, which is cool. That's yeah, we got to get cool. them. Ellie has one too. I know, I influenced Ellie. And well, my Apple Watch is so ugly. I think I do need to buy Maybe Ellie can get me one for my birthday. Hot <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about 
the herbs. So mm. often when we're finished the session, yeah. you're already out there, you're blending them up. You've got a wall of like hundreds of potions ready to go. Yeah. Those are tailored mixes for every single person. Yeah. If, the, if it's relevant. What's yeah. that process? Why am, why, why, yeah, why are you on herbs? I'm not on herbs. <laughs> I don't want the herbs. The herbs look smelly. The herbs taste really gross. Yes. Yeah. I'll be the first with that. They do, that. I think. They but you get used to it. I yeah. feel. Now I look forward to my nightly, like, block my nose and yeah. shock them back. I think I tell people, get through the first two weeks of the herbs tasting, like, utterly disgusting, and then the benefits will start to kick in and you'll the benefits will outweigh how gross they are. But look, if there's acupuncturists and Chinese herbalists that are listening, they're probably going to nitpick what I'm about to say. But on a general idea, acupuncture is working with what you've got, right? Mm. So I'm not adding anything to the body. I'm not taking anything away. I mean, we can clear here with acupuncture, but realistically, I'm working with what you've got. I'm moving your blood flow, moving your lymph, etc. With herbs, we're either adding to or taking away from. So we've got herbs that are like purgatives, which means like if someone's really blocked up, I can give them purgative formula and it's going to move. And um, I can confirm those work. Yeah. <laughs> I had them. So we're getting rid of something that you I'm have, right? Them. Yeah, won't let me out. <laughs> they really work. They're really, really efficient. I love that. Or we're adding to. So like we said, like a lot of the, a lot of people come in to see me and they're feeling like anxious or foggy headed or um, they might be really light sleepers. And in Chinese medicine, that's blood deficiency. And so I'd be giving them like blood building herbs. So I'm adding to in that sense. Um, Herbal medicine, I feel, and this is really just my opinion, it gets us to our goals faster. So if you're just doing acupuncture, I think it's amazing. You just have to be more consistent with it. Uh, Some of my patients, they don't live near the clinic. So if they can only get in fortnightly or monthly, then herbs are a really good way to like continue our treatment when they're not coming in for acupuncture. Yeah. Gorge. They do seem magical. They are magical. They're really great. Alana, Mm. I'm interested like why you started going to acupuncture. And I want to talk about all the things that acupuncture can treat and why people Mm. come to you. But I'm interested why you got started. Ellie told me to go. Well, apart from, like, when That's you That's why went, you got started. Well, you, <laughs> told, <laughs> you told me to go. That's, I, I'm like, okay. Ellie is patient zero. Ellie was patient zero. She was like, you need to go. And I was like, sounds great. I'll book. Booked. I think she actually got me yeah, a gift say she voucher. Gift voucher. So, so thoughtful. Yeah. She and it sounds because, like the best friend. She's given a few gift vouchers. I mean, Brooke's also the best friend. Yeah. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Between Ellie and Brooke, yes. We, yeah. we, but when we, you went in, like, I went what in, were you looking to well, get help Also, with? Ellie was like recognizing I'd gone through my breakup. Mm. I'm going through like so much with work, so much with life that it's like maybe you're going through a lot. Maybe you need just a support system. Yeah. And we've talked even when we did the high maintenance to be low maintenance episode, like outsourcing support Mm. I I can't always look after myself so sometimes I'm outsourcing like meals or I'm outsourcing my physical health to my osteo or I'm out you know rally the troops because if I've got to deal with this and this and this I can't do everything no you need all your people around you you need yeah you need to do that so (laughs) we talked about just I think like I feel top level that I cope with stress okay Mm. I'm not in my head about it I'm not feeling major physical responses but I'm aware that I'm going through a period where it's not sustainable 
and I want the support. And so I think that was like the first thing. Yeah. And just big change. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of people that come in to see me, honestly, going through breakups, like that's a theme, mm. um, as well as grief. A lot of people will come if they just need a little bit of extra support mm. when they're going through grief. And I mean, like in Chinese medicine, we would also see a breakup as a form yeah, of grief. grief. Of yeah. course. Grief for the life you thought you were. My dog. Yeah. Could cry about it now. Um, yeah, you're, you're, and you're also mourning yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's and a version of me that will never be back. She's gone now. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. yeah. I'm Taylor Swift. The old me is dead. <laughs> but what else do people come in for? And like, what else can you yeah, What did you go in for? Well, I'm very anxious. You are. I'm ex- extraordinarily anxious. Yeah. And also stressed. And also terrible digestion. Yeah. And... So there's a long list, really. We had a really long list <laughs> console. <laughs> I feel like that's like 80% of my clients. Though. Yeah. Like everyone is, not every, I shouldn't say everyone, but like a lot of people come in with feelings of anxiety, feeling overworked, stressed, burnt out, low energy. And then with those things comes like brain fog or yes. poor sleep. My dermatitis and yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and stress shows up for different people in different ways. Yeah. So, um, at the clinic, we definitely have a focus on women's health. So um, we really support people from puberty to perimenopause and postmenopause as well. So I have heaps of teenagers that come to see me and which is like my favorite because we get to influence change from such a young age. And that's really like helping them to navigate puberty, like yeah. understanding what the menstrual cycle is, talking to them about different period products. Like oh I'm God. kind of like their big sister for period. Imagine being like empowered you? I know. Your body. Oh, we had none of this. Yeah. Just like, you gotta go to a swimming carnival tomorrow. Like here's a tampon, work it out. And yeah. I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> I didn't even know you had to have nothing. I didn't even know like people got periods. <laughs> I do nothing. I yeah. think a guy swallowed a period. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do. A guy swallowed a tampon uh, in a wrapper. Yeah. And it like really, really, really messed with his body. Definitely don't <laughs> well, do don't that. Well, don't do that. But um, yeah, it's like where, when I was the same when I was in high school, like, and I have three big sisters. So you would think that I would have been like given the lowdown by them, but I like thought I was dying, and you yeah. had three big sisters to tell you. Why did no one tell no you? No one told me. Yeah, I remember one of my besties. Literally, like I was in one cubicle, she was in the next cubicle, giving me a, like play by play of how to insert a tampon for the first time, mm. and I'm like, why is this the case? Like, why is this happening in the school and toilet? And so embarrassing. And why did no one tell us? Like, there needed to be some education mm. because there was absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you? Did you? Oh no, my same? mom was pretty chill. She was on was like, all right, I'll come into the bathroom. You've got to pick, pick what works for you. Do you want a leg up? Do you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, my mom's great. Oh, my mom that. also walked me through some of my like m- major sexual experiences as yeah. an adult. That's so, so great. Yeah, Janet, it's weird. Janet, she's no. one of a kind. It's its own weird, but it we were very like close. You're like Single the girl girls. Household. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. I am Rory. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, definitely not my experience. So that's incredible that so, yeah, this next generation like, has such a different experience and access to education and like yeah. support because we certainly didn't have it when we were yeah, coming up. And sure. is there like less shame around, mm. yeah, yeah, bodily definitely. functions? Yeah, definitely less shame. Is But like there's still so much bullying that goes on in schools now. So I think that's... It's like different. that's something that comes up a lot with my teenage patients, but I think it's more openly spoken about, about your period and mm. different products and things like that. Um, so yeah, te- like education is a major component with my like teenage patients and just letting them know like what's what when they're going through puberty. And then we support a lot of people with period symptoms. So yeah. whether it's like heavy bleeding, painful periods, no period, um, PCOS, like people that have endo and they're trying to just like manage the symptoms related to that from a natural perspective. Um, And then we do a lot of fertility support, um, a lot of pregnancy care. And then I I personally see a lot of perimenopausal patients, like a lot. Because if you think of that demographic, they're typically at like the peak of their career. If they've had a family, it's usually a really demanding time for family life as well. And then they're going through a major transition. And we think we don't know anything about our bodies when it comes to periods. We know nothing when it comes to perimenopause. So like that demographic of women are going through all of this. We just haven't reached that phase of life yet. I feel like when my mum went through menopause, it was worse than when I went through puberty. Like her Mm. behaviours and moods and... Yeah, really, and it doesn't have to be like that. That's the other. That's the other thing. My only, you know, next time. (laughs) My only reference point for this is Samantha on Sex and the City when she's like taking all Mm. the herbs, and then she goes to Dubai or Abu Dhabi, and they take away her Her, herbs, her yams, her yams, and she's having all the hot flashes. And then I also have a Sex and the City reference for acupuncture when Charlotte was trying to get pregnant. Yeah. So like, how funny! That was all I really knew. That's it. Before right. I started, I mean, you they taught us so much. Yeah, you learn everything from Sex and the City. Like, <laughs> I do. Yeah. It wasn't all good advice, but we did learn a lot. Have you found, Brookie, that your period has like optimized? Definitely not. But that has not been a focus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've been I'm on, on the pill and like. Yeah. It's a whole oh. other scenario, which we can talk about later. Are we but getting Brooke off the pill? Is this something that we're like pushing for? <laughs> I'm not talking about it. <laughs> okay. We need to have a private off-air conversation <laughs> without you involved. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even invited. <laughs> no, I came in to see you because of, yeah, the anxiety, stress, yeah. digestion, and then sleep was a big one. Yeah. Me, because I was absolutely not mm. sleeping. And I would wake up maybe like between eight and ten times a night, just yeah. so disruptive. And that has been one of our big KPIs, Yay. and we've really exceeded that goal. Cool, yeah. I love that. I'm sleeping. Sleep so is much so better. important. Like oh. one of my mentors was like, "You fix sleep, you fix like eighty percent of the problems." Yes. Yeah. When you said to me that you could help me with the sleep, mm. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, right. We'll see how this goes." <laughs> and now, like. Four or five sessions in, it's yeah, like, such a different story. Yeah. Have you seen no. these eight sleep bed things? No. Okay, so it's um, this. It's called Eight Sleep. You need a oh membership, gosh. and you need to spend three and a half grand on the thing. But it's, take my money. What yeah. Is it? So <laughs> if if you share a bed as well, you can personalize the temperature of ah. your mattress cover, so one side's warmer and one side's cooler. Yeah, right. Um, and it tracks your like oxygen, your sleep, all of these things, and people go nuts for it. Yeah, right. So it's something that you put under your bed. Yeah, it's like a mattress protector. 
And there's something about it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not interested in trialing it, but one of the girls at Legree has one and she raves about how much better her sleep is. Really? Okay, I have to do some research about this. I do feel like I'm a big proponent, like big supporter of um, root cause medicine. And if you need a sleep pod, to sleep I feel like there might be some other issues that we need to look at I think you just need to cool your room down yeah well this is one of the hacks that I didn't know was a thing but like you you need much cooler than you think to have optimal sleep Mm. so I used to be a flight attendant and when we wanted to wake people up we used to put the AC up on the plane so that it got hot Mm. and then everyone woke up yeah and then similarly like you know how cold airplanes are we'd turn the AC down so that Everyone would fall asleep. It's so weird. Like Vera Wang, the wedding dress designer, she sleeps in a room that's cooled to like 12 degrees. Oh, wow. She's an actual vampire. And that's why she looks as good as she does. Yeah, right. I mean, she probably has oxygen pumping through the room as well. Yeah. Mm. Oxygen and coolness. Mm. And also like dealing with other shit that's going on in your life and not processing (laughs) it while you're sleeping. Yeah. Yes. Nightmares. Yeah. Really, really bad nightmares actually. It's Mm. like a whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I've heard that you can also treat cosmetic acupuncture, which I'm quite... Uh, no, actually, I've heard. <laughs> so I'm wondering when we may get to that point in the journey. I know we've got a few things to resolve yeah, before that. That's usually my rule. Like, I'm yeah. like, all right, once we've... I, look, we can do cosmetic acupuncture and still do a body treatment. Yeah. If the stuff that we're working on the body is, like, in a, like, really good, like, manageable position. <laughs> I am not in a manageable position. But I do want to look good. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I love cosmetic acupuncture <clears throat> for so many different reasons. I think people... Look, some people just want to do the natural health route, right? Mm. Like, they don't want any chemicals in their body. They just are really, like, on that organic non-tox journey and I think cosmetic acupuncture offers a lot to those people yeah and then a lot of my cosmetic patients get bobo and they get indigma filler and cosmetic acupuncture I find personally can help just support the work that you're already doing with injectables and lengthen out your time between sessions that's been my experience clinically Um, Uh, so, um, and actually there's a really amazing acupuncturist, Dr. Abby, she's in Melbourne and I'm going to Sydney next weekend to do her training and she does magical stuff with cosmetic acupuncture. Like she does faceless with cosmetic acupuncture. This is what I was going to ask. Like, can you change the shape of my face? Well, Well, you kind of can. Yeah. It's muscles. So like we're needling into like trigger points on the scalp and stuff to help release the muscles so that the forehead would lift and... Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Just and then be us. acne scars is something else. This could be like, us, but you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I might be at this stage in like two years. I don't know. We have a lot no, to work to we'll do. Get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. But no, you're seeing a lot of people in that kind of pregnancy postpartum. What about yeah. people who are like going through fertility yeah, we journeys and like maybe people who aren't going through a fertility journey, but like are trying to just work out what's happening mm. with their body. I mean, like a like, lot of, can I extend my fertility? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't I'm know. Delaying. We can optimize your fertility, mm. we can optimize. but this is something that I talk about a lot is that when people are going through IVF, um, the preparation for IVF is they're so dedicated, like my patients are changing their diet, changing their lifestyle, doing the herbs, doing the acupuncture. 
when people are doing egg freezing, it's like they don't tell anyone that they're doing it. And normally they're not even on a prenatal. They're not changing anything. They're just doing the egg freezing journey. They're still going out and the like, logs and then going to their appointment. Yeah, the and day. like crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. So that's one thing where it comes to like fertility and optimizing, you know, like your lifestyle for fertility that I would say for people that are thinking of freezing their eggs, you still need to do the three to six months of preconception care that you would if you were planning to have a baby mm. in that time. Well, you are having all your babies out. Yeah. Like, yeah. But we don't think about it like that. I think the egg freezing and you have an incredible episode on your pod and I will hot mm. rack this around the egg freezing and go over there for kind of more information. Yeah, it's a but good episode. But it's a very good episode because mm. um, I had never really like looked into it in any depth before I listened to that pod and I've done some research since. But when people do the egg freezing, they just kind of – do it the next day. <laughs> They're just like, I need to freeze the eggs. I'm like, these ah. are my eggs that I'm going to use to make babies. I want them to have been the best ones. But then yes. I guess the other side of it is people get knocked up on a one night. So it's luck of the draw with the eggs. So I guess mm. it's no real no real difference. Yeah. But you could get the best of the best eggs. You could be getting your organic totally. standard market company eggs if you put in a bit of... Yeah, not your cage eggs. Oh, caged Woolworths home brand. No, sir. Absolutely not. Not in this old hen. <laughs> Absolutely not. You um, said something really interesting to me the other day, which like inspired me to go and listen to that episode, <laughs> which was, it's not a guarantee. It's it's like a ticket the to the freezing? party or something. What was some people, you said? Yeah, what did I say? Um, I think Lizzie said it to me and then I've just stolen it and I say it. It's like... Um, egg freezing is often referred to as like an insurance policy, but really it's more like buying a ticket into a raffle. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're better off having a fertilized egg frozen, an embryo. Yeah. So like the freezing process can change things. So, um, it's true. So freezing an (laughs) embryo. Freezing an embryo. Nobody likes defrosted curry. I can confirm that Michelle's pod is a lot more professional than the Real House Girlies. I'm dying. Not the Real House Girlies. No. I love it. I love it. I knew what I was signing up for. No, but there, yeah, there are definitely different pros and cons for freezing eggs versus freezing embryos. But like, you also have to meet yourself where you are and whether, like, where you're at in your life. And, Mm. you know, if there's a partner involved, if there's not, like, if you broke up and <clears throat> what you would do with the eggs, like there's a, there's a lot, like the conversations that I have with my patients, we, I really try to like cover all. Yeah. I feel like bases. you should also see a lawyer if you're freezing an embryo with a partner. Yeah. 100%. Cause custody of them is a dispute. Yeah. Yeah. It's what tricky. if, what if you're like, Oh, I'm going to use this now. And your ex is like, um, no, you're not. I prefer not. My yeah. freezer are yours. Like there's so many <laughs> things that need to be thought about. Yeah. And before you do IVF, they, they make you do IVF counseling. Um, mm. So you need to have, and this is more like for um, couples that are doing IVF and freezing embryos. It, it is like, well, what happens if, um, what happens if one of the partner dies? Are you allowed to use them? Um, and then what happens to the embryos afterwards? Like, do you donate them? Do you, yeah. So you can, there's, you can adopt an embryo. You can, yeah. Donor embryo is, yeah, it's definitely a thing. So people, um, yeah, people will choose to, um, just like you can do donor sperm, you can do donor egg and you can do donor embryo. Yeah. It's really been sold to the women of our generation. I think as like this quick and easy thing. You just pay your 10 grand or whatever it is. Yes. Then you'll get your eggs frozen. And then like, cool, 
don't think about it for the next 10 years. Go back have, to work, doll. Have Go back to work. Have kids when you're 40. They'll be in the freezer. You just yeah. bung them out in the microwave for 35 <laughs> seconds. And, like, they're ready to go. And that's just... Add some um, Greek yogurt and you've got a curry. Wrong. No. Wrong. That's not how it works. I'm pretty sure um, Sonia Kruger did Jonah Embryo. Word. Yeah, we need to fact check it. But... <laughs> I'm pretty Brooke's sure. Brooke's onto it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll actually get her on the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's such it's such a scam. This the kind of the marketing of so around how the, easy it is. So if yeah, that's yeah. the Real House Girlies view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't have to be yours, but yeah. we've now got. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like can be really good, and like there's definitely like good options, but it's not. It's not a guarantee. Mm. It's not as quick and easy as. It says on the tin. I think it's just like with anything, right? Like our generation, we were all prescribed the pill without knowing anything about 100%, it. 100%. Straight And it's into kind of similar. Like a lot of people are, are doing it without fully understanding yeah. success rates and what it looks like and yeah, and different things. And it's always going to be nuanced. Like there are so many elements to egg freezing and whether it's elective whether it's because of medical reasons mm. and then we need to bring in like privilege and the fact that it's expensive and people that have access to it yeah so I do you feel like a bit of like my hairy feminist back is arching up like there's all of these band-aid female health things like mm. have the pill dull it'll just suppress everything will just peak your hormones and you won't have any symptoms Oh, you're feeling unsupported that you're not ready to have a child because you've got to work in this male-dominated world, blah, blah, blah. Just freeze your eggs. We'll just get them out. Mm. I'm sure it was a guy that came up with that. Yeah. You know, that's where my mind goes. And so many tech companies offer to f- a pay for egg freezing for their employees. I work in tech. Mm. Not going to do it. It does seem like invasive. I really, I have thought about it. I don't know how fertile my family is, you know, as they mm, get, everyone in my yeah. family had kids in their 20s. Yeah. And I don't, and my mom like hit menopause very young. Yeah. So I'm like, I may not be fertile. Mm. Well, it's just something that I don't think we have the education to know. And for my scenario, it was put on the pill when I was 17. Mm. I'm now 32. That's old. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they didn't catch you in like year nine? No, they didn't catch me in year nine. Mm. Yeah, no, not till like year 12. Maybe year 11. Maybe I was 16. Anyway, mm. it doesn't matter. I was young, young. and now I'm 32 mm. and I've just been on the same pill. The only conversation mm. I've had about it is during COVID, there was a shortage. And so I actually had to change to a different pill. Yeah, right. And then I went through this like six month adjustment period because everything was out of whack. Mm. And it was only then that I really started to think, what's this actually doing to me? Yeah. And I've not been game to look under the tin. Like Mm. I'm terrified about what's going on under there. And that to me is just like the greatest injustice that's been done to our generation. Sticking them all on this medication. And now Mm. we've you know, in our 30s and going to potentially be dealing with the fallout. Like, yeah. who knows what And such an unconscious habit. And look, I'm definitely not anti the pill in any way. Um, and when we look at different things that it's done for different generations, like a lot, of, yeah. a lot of women have been able to access university and different levels of education because they didn't have children Ten and they had them. access. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm and not that's anti. Incredible. And in my clinical practice, like, a lot of people just come off the pill so like Brooke you might come off the pill and just everything be totally fine like Mm. I see that all the time but I 
also see the other side of it too, where people come off of the pill and they're presented with the symptoms that were masked 10 years ago or 15 years ago, or they go through puberty and they're like 32 and they're like, fuck, I'm going through puberty? What is this? Like acne yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so but acupuncture can help with that. Like I support a lot of people in the transition coming off of the pill. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I did when I started seeing my acupuncturist in when I was living in Dubai. I was like, I want to come off the pill, but whenever I come off the pill, I get like horrific acne. And I was like, I just cannot do that. Like I, no. like, I, yeah, it was so painful, but I was also self-conscious and she totally supported me through that transition. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we need to talk about how you lived in Dubai. We yeah. need to talk about a bit of how you got to be here in this house today. Because you were not always an acupuncturist, yeah. a Chinese medical practitioner. You were like a corporate girly. You were a corporate yeah. girly. I feel like I relate to you guys so much, especially so. your um, the episode you did about is it Emily Emily Wise? Yeah, yeah, and like that era, <laughs> girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep. That was me. I was yeah. there with you, and then some stroke of like I don't know fate or whatever it was led me to start seeing this acupuncturist in Dubai and I was like oh my god I want her life because she was so calm um and she wasn't sick and at the time I was like very sick so um yeah I was living in Dubai so I think I was about 21 when I left Brisbane I became a flight attendant with Emirates I flew for a year it was kind of my gap year um was it so much fun that year or was it kind I mean, it was of like, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, flying was not glamorous. Oh, no. I've heard some horror stories. Yeah, it was Such pretty... a toll on the body. Yeah, it was really, really... It There's was hard on the body. interesting folks. Yeah. They, like, snatch whatever... I have a friend that was a flight attendant. She was eating a muesli bar, like, her one chance to eat in the yeah. little tiny kitchen cupboard. And this guy was like, I'm hungry, snatched it out of her hand and started eating it. And she was like, okay whatever no, I believe it yeah 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 I got like slapped by a passenger and what? you would get like people would like pull on you like if they mm. wanted your t- like yeah it was like it was definitely not glamorous I mean working yeah the experience was great um it was definitely a fun year mm. um living in Dubai when you're a flight attendant is a fun time um <laughs> but it wasn't for me, definitely not. So after um, I'd studied in Brisbane and I'd done like a business marketing media comm degree, flew for a year, that was my gap year. And then I started working at an agency. So I did agency life for like six months, I think. And Can relate, still yeah, recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is like trauma. It's so funny because like some of my best friends I met at that agency and it is just like shared trauma that keeps oh, yeah. us together. Yeah, that's how we became friends, yeah. trauma bonding. <laughs> and then I got a job at Flight Center as their marketing manager in Dubai. And so I did that role for ages. And that was super fun. And again, like married my interests of like marketing and travel. Um, and then I got a show on the radio. And <laughs> what do you mean you got a show on the radio? So I pitched an idea. So I pitched to the local English speaking radio station and I was like, I have an idea for a segment. We will provide you a deal because I work for Flight Center, right? So we'll provide you a deal and you guys talk about the destination and then at the end it's like okay and now you can go to yeah. lisbon and this is the deal <laughs> Book here here. Is a package holiday. And so it was, it was something that you did through 
flight Work. center. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they were like, great, when can you start? I was like, no, this is for you. Like, we can give you the holiday packages anytime. And they're like, no, we want you to come in and do it. So I ended up speaking. I feel like I did it for like over two years. It was like, so random. I need to talk about Lisbon. Great place. <laughs> You're here on Smooth FM Dubai. <laughs> Literally. But the funniest part of that is I ended up working for Emirates because they heard me on the radio. And so then Emirates got back in touch with me and I ended up moving back to Emirates and I was working in their corp comms team for their travel agency business. That's so cool. And then Welcome I got to burnt Emirates out. Radio. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I, it was at the time, like I um, was burning the candle at both ends like like I said I was in girl boss era like I was hustling people move to Dubai because they want to get ahead in their career they want to make a lot of money people glamorous yeah there's a nightlife yeah exactly all the things like if you've watched Dubai bling like have you watched yes it? of course yeah. and the Real Housewives of Dubai I'm every I'm everywhere um, I'm doing everything I need to know who are on I reckon I would know some of them hop yeah. on yeah from for the first time you could we could get you on, on <laughs> yeah we'll get TV you back show. on the I pod watched Dubai to do Real Housewives of Dubai review yeah right yeah. okay I would actually <laughs> yeah. love that um <laughs> but yeah that's all to say I got really sick I was like burnt out I have PCOS mm. I had acne and as mothers do, my mom came to Dubai and she was like, you look like shit. You need to do something about your health. And she paid for me to go to acupuncture. And then that was like the... How did she know? Had had she been to acupuncture herself? Or Mm. that was just kind of like something she'd read about? Like, how did she know to recommend you to do that? Yeah, I feel like my mum, who is also called Janet, is like the original (laughs) wellness influencer. Like, growing up, she just like, she knew all of the things before they were like a thing. So You see this so much. Women... I don't know what your um, background, family background is, but I see this even in like the Greek ancestry of Mm. my family. They like pick wild grass from certain parts of Melbourne and it's like dandelion and they boil it up and they'll like give you the water to drink and you'll eat it. And it's this traditional family and across all cultures, they'll have the same things in different ways because there is this historic traditional medicine yeah. that people find out about and we have no idea what it is I'm like oh my yaya gives me this yeah. when I'm sick or you know why do we have lemon and honey and ginger and mm. simple things like that that's always passed down through women in families yeah totally and also like so when I was living in Dubai my boyfriend was Emirati and then I started studying Chinese medicine and he knew heaps of the herbs that I was using yeah and so I started kind of like researching and understanding why he would have known. And because of the spice route, it was like the, the trade route, oh, route was going yeah, right. through like China and then through the Middle East. Mm. So I think that was also an influential factor. Yeah. Mm. They pick up on it. Um, so yeah, anyway, I started getting acupuncture and that was it. I felt like I was like burnt out in my corporate job. I didn't really feel connected with my purpose and I've always been a yogi and I've always felt like I had a connection with, like I always felt like I wanted to work in women's health and I've always wanted to run my own business. Like when I was working in agencies, I was always just like, this is not for me. Like I knew that I wanted to be a small business owner. Yeah, that's so cool. And then I was like, I don't have a trade. 
and acupuncture yeah. was away. What am I going to do? I need to go learn how to cut hair. <laughs> Literally, I was like, I don't want to, I did not want to open an agency. That was one thing I knew for sure. I was like, that is not my path. Yeah, we've all flirted with it, it. Yeah. and then we've all been like, that's a dumb you idea. You should go and consult on your own. I'm like, sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I would literally. Be the, I would be the person that I hate reporting to, and I have to go win clients. <laughs> I'd be responsible for this PowerPoint slide? No. 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 And so then I, I, I left and I studied Chinese medicine. Yeah. So when you studied Chinese medicine, mm. you mentioned before that you lived in China. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like how long, what, like, what was that like? How long were you there? I'm like a cat. I've lived that nine lives. Um, I, so to, my Chinese medicine education was in Melbourne and I studied a Bachelor of Health Science. Part of that experience they organized a hospital internship so I went to Taiwan and I did a few months over there doing in a hospital following doctors around like had a little clipboard like writing notes it was very cool and then after Taiwan I flew to China and I think I spent like a month in the mountains in Budong and that was um at a Taoist temple and I was learning Taoist medicine which is yeah like Chinese medicine essentially it's just a little bit more I'd say traditional um, and I was also learning Qigong and Tai Chi. That's so cool. It was cool, yeah. You had you were in a hospital following doctors around. Do you, mm. like is the traditional medicine and Western medicine a lot more integrated? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Chinese medicine is covered in Taiwan at least by their national healthcare. Yeah. So if you were to present to the hospital, you can access acupuncture just like you would any other um, medical service. And all of their Chinese medicine doctors are medical doctors. So in Taiwan, you would go, like you apply for medicine, you all do your medicine degree. And then just like you would specialize in like pediatrics or oncology or rheumatology, you can specialize in Chinese medicine. Amazing. Yeah. So the doctors over there are incredible. Like some of the stuff that I saw when I was in Taiwan is just, yeah, amazing. You wouldn't believe it. Hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's so different to our like Western culture. Yeah, 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 it's just more. um, It's it's their culture, right? Like, so oftentimes when I meet people that are from Taiwan or China, they understand. um, It's just it's so embedded in their culture because it is their cultural medicine. Mm. Yeah, you're amazing. Also, like the diet is so much more aligned mm, everything has to be warm yes yeah and we use a lot of herbs um in like di- diet like there's not medicine. a lot of like sweet you wouldn't have a sweet no. breakfast yeah 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 like i was coughing at a conference so my teacher is taiwanese but he lives in canada and he comes to melbourne and teaches us acupuncture and um so i was at his seminar recently and i had a cough and I was coughing and I was also eating um sweets like I don't know you know when you're at a, a seminar yes. you're like yeah. eating like you're eating the bowl of mentos right like yeah. <laughs> and his like right hand woman like came up to me and like scolded me because I was eating sweet food she's like it's gonna make your cough worse I was like oh my god I'm so sorry yeah. but also it's 3 p.m I've been here for three days and I need a little something yeah and when yeah. it's like a full day and you haven't seen sunlight you're like I'm tired. yeah do but you yeah. have like a favorite experience from when you were overseas learning that you can share 
Honestly, like learning in China was traumatic. I have like major trauma from that experience. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, it was like very like a uh, quintessential martial arts kind of vibe. Mm. Like I used to have to, he, my like shifu would make me find a stick and then like hit me with the stick. Like it was hardcore. Okay. Um, in Taiwan, I have like a really nice memory in Taiwan of this man who came in for an appointment. He looked like he was 70. And he was 96. And I just remember like looking at him, he was like so full of life. He had such a beautiful spirit. He looked so young and vibrant. And I was just like, oh, I want to be like that when I'm your age. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Right? That's amazing. Mm. Oh, listener questions. Ooh. <laughs> do you want to get into the listener questions? Personally, yes. Yeah, do it. Okay. Let's go. One of our listeners asked, does muscle tightness fuck with natural hormone production yeah this is interesting um i guess you have to think of like why a muscle is getting tight in the first place so if you're experiencing muscle tightness because you're really stressed then yes absolutely it's going to have an influence on your hormones because we know that stress has a major influence on your hormones the same part of the brain that sends stress hormones sends your reproductive hormones so they're inherently related. Um, and if your muscles are tight because you're over-exercising, then we also know that over-exercising, under-eating, that fee, it's called the female athlete triad, that's going to impact your hormones. So you always have to think, okay, well, why is something happening? Why is the muscle tightness there in the first place? And then mm. that's going to tell you whether or not it's going to have an influence on your hormones. I saw a thing on... Um, uh a work thing earlier and it was like ask why five times and you'll get to the root cause of something mm. and it was this little example which I quite like so it's like people are complaining about the cafeteria at a university why because the food's never ready in time why because the chef isn't able to start cooking early enough why because the dishwasher went home and the chef's washing the plates why? Because there's not enough plates. Okay, great. So we buy more plates. Let's get more plates. Everyone and get likes the chef the back to work. Yeah. 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 And it's like the food's not bad. The food's not. Yeah. There's no real reason for it to be late. Mm. And I think, yeah, is it's not your muscle tightness that's fucking with your hormones. It's whatever's causing the, the muscle six tightness. things before that. Yeah. Why are you over exercising? Okay, yeah, stress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Why are you stressed? Okay, let's tackle that too. Yeah. Oh, patriarchy. That was, that was the patriarchy. <laughs> Why do you trust patriarchy? It always comes back to the same thing. Um, okay, next listener question. Are there any points on our body that we can use on ourselves to help regulate or calm us? Yeah, that's that's a great one. I don't know what you're doing. She's, <laughs> she's trying to like do tapping maybe? Are you doing tapping? No. no. Tapping is she's just, like, I am. <laughs> she's just pinching like a prawn for those playing at home. Like it's very strange. Um, yeah. So oftentimes I'll leave, um, we call them press tacks. So I'll leave like little, they, they're kind of like band-aids that have a little needle in them and I'll put them over an acupressure point. Um, so there are points like there's one on the wrist that's really calming and relaxing. It's also the nausea point. So if you get like seasick, that's a good one. Um, massaging the ear can also be a good one because you've got so many acupressure points on the ear. So massaging the ear is always a good, a good little thing to do. Um, this is like 
if I ever get a boyfriend, this is the kind of shit I want them to oh do. Oh my god, I got intimate and soothing. I got a facial this live on it. The facialist this morning massaged my ears. It felt so <laughs> intimate. Yeah, yeah, it's intimate. I'm intimate with my. I had my eyes closed, and then I was like, "Whoa, there are people here." <laughs> like the two most intimate spots are the ears, and if someone touches your belly, like when you go oh. with the noodling oh, on the belly, yeah, 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 that can be really intimate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, Michelle. I like had no idea. But sure. Um a lot of my patients are ticklish too. That's always quite funny. Like when I'm needling and they're just like having a bit of a giggle. Yeah. The yeah. tickliness. I just get the like I just get a sore shin. That one shin point. Yeah, that yeah. gets you. There was one in my toe that was just wouldn't stop throbbing. Like yeah, it was that stress point, babe. Mm. Yeah. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, so the, the wrist, the wrist, ears, ears, those are kind of, like and the like the one ones. between the eyebrows as well. So like you can just rub between your eyebrows and that'll usually be pretty calming. Yeah. Don't attempt to like needle yourself. Just no. like rubbing with a finger, yeah. tapping, oh massaging. Yeah. yeah. And gorgeous. just like breathing. Like most people aren't breathing properly. So yeah, definitely. I like this one. Me. What should I expect when I come in for the first time? And you can answer, and then I also want to comment on your intake form, because I thought that was so chic and gorgeous. Ah, that's so great. Love that feedback. Um, (laughs) Your second appointment, I was like, how did you feel after last week? And you were like, it's a lot. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I In the intake form where you can tell Michelle and the team, like, how you want to be treated almost. Mm. Like, do you want tough love? Do you want me to just be supportive do you want mm. this and there's so many options I guarantee you Brooke picked everyone yeah. <laughs> and then she's like it was a lot yeah it was I did pick everyone and it took me like 90 minutes to fill that form because there's so there's much so many information yeah. and I had so much to tell you <laughs> I needed to be thorough I think the thorough form though means that the intake is um like pretty quick in a sense like some people will have like a 90 minute initial consult and I try not to do that because it can be a lot um and when you're going through your health history with someone some people do have health trauma some people are remembering things that they forgot about and Mm -hmm. so it can and some people have practitioner fatigue Mm -hmm. so they're tired of telling people the same story over and over again so that's why I ask lots of questions in the intake form so that I can kind of direct the initial consult in the way that is going to be best for the patient but yeah, what can you expect in your first visit? Well, you're, you're going to have to fill out the intake form. And it depends on what your goals are and what we're trying to achieve together. I try to educate people a lot. Like I find that I talk a lot in the consults um, because I don't want people to rely on me for their health, right? Like I want to give people the tools so that they can go forth and live their life mm-hmm. and understand what's working for them and what's not. It's quite comforting huh. that you're talking as opposed to feeling like me as a patient am on the spot being Mm. very vulnerable and you know here are all of the dark dirty habits that I am here to help undo yeah Mm. it's very comforting and I remember saying to you I'm not quite sure why I'm here yeah I just feel like I need to be and I don't really know what we can treat through this modality yeah let's just explore and And that's a really safe place to do that yeah yeah I mean the first first thing is like I always try to create a shame-free environment Mm. because like we all know the health practitioners like they don't drink coffee they don't drink wine like 
whatever, like they're so pure. Good for them. And yeah. I don't want to create that environment. I cried after like, leaving my GP, like, because she sometimes is really mean. Yeah. Also, like, it's not what you want. I'm not committing to, I think I once got put on like some nutrition plan with, you know, you have to eat these beans and these things yeah. and these seeds. And I was like, or not, like, come on, I do my best. You might catch me once a week remembering, but... Yeah, and I don't want people to feel like they can't come back for a follow-up because they haven't done the homework. Right. You know, like, that can be stressful and we're already too stressed. Like, your acupuncturist shouldn't be creating more stress in your life by telling you to do homework. So I try to make it shame-free and for people to feel, like, really safe and welcome. And you'll get acupuncture, like that'll happen in the <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> and like you guys have said, like it's very relaxing. And depending on what's going on, we might do cupping. I have cupping. Yeah. And then we'll also see if you need herbs, then I'll make up a herbal prescription for you. Um, and yeah, so then, and then I'll always follow up with a treatment plan. I always want my patients to know exactly what we're doing. Like my worst nightmare is someone walking out of my clinic and is like, I just paid her like $160, which is the cost of an initial consult. Like what even for? Like I want people to know where we're going, how we're going to achieve their health goals and Mm. like have a plan and someone's looking out for them. And it felt really clear when I left from that initial consult that we would come back the following week and then we would look to like kind of space things out. So it felt like I knew what I was getting into yeah exactly. and we had some short-term goals that we had set with some time frames yeah. it didn't feel like oh now it's just another thing that I'm gonna have to add to my weekly to-do list yeah for an indefinite amount of time yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, even I though always... I don't think I can live without you now yeah so. and I think you do see and feel some shift I mean we have negotiated that because I can be commitment averse Hmm. not phobic just repulsed (laughs) um that we flex whether i need to come weekly or fortnightly i can add more but my minimum is that i come like the week that i'm about to get my period so that we're tackling my biggest issue every month and then anything else that's needed we can add in which i love because i know that that's manageable for me yeah it doesn't feel like that much pressure. I'm getting my period anyway, so I may as well go to acupuncture before. And make it better. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's like not, I don't know. It is nice to just feel like it's a partnership mm. and I still maintain the responsibility yes. without the shame. If I let things go and if I don't come for two months, like I'm not going to be in strife. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I talk to other acupuncturists and some something that comes up often is like, um patient compliance and I'm like well how much responsibility have you taken like how much of your patient's responsibility have you actually taken on Mm. because at the end of the day like it's my responsibility to have a sense of leadership in where we're going and for me to communicate clearly what the plan is and what I professionally recommend well and you're paid to serve for an hour yeah we then you it's your responsibility to then like the other 300 take the supplements and yeah. drink the herbs do and the, all things, the things do yeah the things. and if you don't do them i'm not going to rouse on you like it's fine <laughs> i'm the same like i also think herbs are gross and i also miss out yeah. on taking my herbs and sometimes like life happens sometimes you forget for a day and that's fine Just yeah. like, and we believe in autonomy and it goes both ways. Like yeah. I'm autonomous in my right to make decisions for my body. And I'm also autonomous in that I'm responsible for when those decisions are poor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The clinic is... So the, yeah. 
The clinic itself is very cute and gorgeous. Oh, so congratulations. You. It's such a beautiful space. You've only been open We like, open on the 1st months? of July. Yeah. Okay, five, five months. months. Yeah. That's crazy. You're five months into owning a new baby business. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Highlight, I mean, low light. We need a peak and a trough. Uh, I don't know that there's been a low light, honestly. Like, it's been really, really, really good. Um, I genuinely can't. The, the low light is. Have you guys noticed that it's hot in the clinic? The no. low light. Okay, well, that's good. The AC is probably the low light because these are things that you don't learn in acupuncture school. The way that the building is, I can't actually have an aircon unit in the front reception. So oh. I'm really self-conscious that sometimes it's a bit warm. <laughs> That's the low light, which is like fine. That well, that's most the low people light. aren't sort of sitting there for an extended period. Exactly, kind of yeah. Moving through. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I'm aware of. But a highlight would just be honestly my team. Like at the moment, I've got two acupuncturists that work for me, and I've got a clinic manager, and they are absolute angels. And the feedback that we're getting about the clinic is amazing. And I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't be happy with the team. So that's probably the highlight. Can yeah. confirm. It's in Camp Hill. We'll put all the note the deets in the show notes. We plug. <laughs> I drive from North Brisbane to the south side, and there is not many things that I will drive across that river for. Yeah, I'm so impressed. She always combos us, so she'll go see you, then come see me. Yeah, yeah. And I say Make that to her well. sometimes. I'm like, I've got a 5:40. You can come then, and then you can go to Alana's for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> it it works out perfectly. Yeah. All right. Any other hot questions? Or we'll get into Rex Snollsy Knolls. I think I'm ready for Rex. Yep. Gorge. Do you want to go first? Okay, cool. Um, mine's on brand. So I'm recommending some practitioner-only subs. So you'll have to talk to Michelle to get them. Uh, but I've switched to a new magnesium, which we're trialing. It's all right. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. I'm sleeping like a log. Good. Yeah. 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 yeah loving my sleep. Um, I've... Started taking liver pills. You might think that they're pills for your liver. Wrong. They are beef organs. <laughs> what? In a capsule. That's disgusting. I know. Well, you can imagine. Why are you treating me? Michelle told me to. I need to build more blood. My okay. pulse is weak and pathetic. <laughs> beef liver is my like. That's the kind of my go-to thing. I love beef liver. It's the most bioavailable source of iron okay um it's very high in vitamin a which is, which is great. great for your skin <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's she's really planning into being a real house girly today michelle said i don't have to take it forever you don't no it's yeah. like a it's an intensive and it's like a food source right so even instead when of eating it <laughs> this was the this was the negotiation i was like i have to eat it how do you cook it yeah where do you get it on a toast like, no it's a capsule and i was like oh okay i can do that okay yeah. okay um, it, and it's I'm, giving like placenta capsules. Well, I'm also I'm, on some kind yeah. of visualizing some other placenta type thing, the collagen, which I believe is also a beef product. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very Love some beef. Mm. Yeah. Had roast beef for lunch. Um, oh, your nails, and I mean, it's pretty soon after. Yeah, it's not long enough. Mine are just like out yours of are going nuts. Yours are yeah. thriving. They're actually a bit gross. Like they so too long. hair, skin, <laughs> nails. Yeah. Um, we can get you. And just being over thirty. Yeah. 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 Sorry about it, but it's true. We love it. It's great. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, it's time for your hot rack. What was my rack before I started the show? I can't remember. You've got a book You've from book. Dr. Peter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
<laughs> my brain. Um, yeah, my rec is Healing Pelvic Pain by Dr. Peter Wright. So Dr. Peter Wright is a gynecologist. She's based in Brisbane, which is amazing. When I first moved here, it, I was one of the things I was most excited about moving to Brisbane for was the fact that Peter Wright is here. She's an amazing gynecologist. She does How often really... do you see your gynecologist? Well, no, to refer patients to. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm like... Huh. <laughs> Another monthly. <laughs> I don't no. know that I've ever been or have been for years. Like, am I missing something? No, to refer patients Great. to. So when you're a practitioner, you want to have a solid referral network of other practitioners that you know are amazing and that when you send your patients, they're going to be under really great care. Yeah. That's how I feel about Dr. Peter. She's really, really fantastic. And so she wrote a book called Healing Pelvic Pain. I think Really, anyone that has a menstrual cycle should read it, but particularly anyone who has pelvic pain or endometriosis should read it. Mm. It's great. Okay. Mm. Any other hot racks? I mean, I've just started getting skin needling, which I'm loving. Oh. That would be one. Oh. Not a fan? Not well, even no, I'm, I'm terrified. doing skin needling. I'm so <laughs> not, not even I'm. <laughs> I love it. I've been getting it. Um, I've only had one session, but I do really love it. I feel yeah. like my skin... I'm already seeing the benefits. Yeah. What, wow. are, you, what are you training with it? What do you mean? Like, What's what your are target? You, what are you uh, target? I have acne scars. So okay, in my yeah. early 20s, when I when my PCOS was unmanaged, I had horrific acne. It was not a good time. And so I have scarring from that. So I'm just trying to get on top of the scarring now. Okay. Yeah. I need to get onto the skin kneeling because I also have acne scarring. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fan. Okay. So. Love it. What do you want? My hot racks, I have two. One I haven't read, so I can't confirm if it's actually good. And maybe you've heard of it. It's a book called How the Pill Changes Everything, Your Brain on Birth Control by Sarah Hill. Yeah, I have a copy at the clinic. Is it good? Yeah. Should I read it? You should definitely it's read it. It's been popping off on TikTok, and yeah. I was like, this feels no, relevant to where I'm at. I'm trying to just discover what this next... What yeah. the 30s looks like. Am I still on the pill? Am I not on the pill? <laughs> what are we doing? You should um, definitely read the book and you should follow her on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Sarah Hill. She's great. Okay. Amazing. My other hot wreck was actually your pod. Aww. The periodical pod. <laughs> it's a lot more professional, as I was saying, than our pod. You do deep dives into different health topics. Yeah. Your episode on egg freezing was incredible, but you mm. have all sorts of great women's health topics on there. So we'll put the link... In the notes. Yeah, yes, that's my hot rack. Um, last question. Mm. Where can we find you? Where can the girlies find you, both on the internet and IRL? So IRL, I pretty much live at my clinic, which is over at, in Camp Hill. And on the internet, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is Michelle Smith Health, and same as my website, just Michelle Smith Health. And then over acupuncture is our Instagram for the clinic. Stunning. We're tagging. I'll put it in the show notes. In the show Scouts. notes. This has been the best. If I wasn't already obsessed with you, I'm even more obsessed with you. Is now. this our best app? It probably is. Yeah. It's too much pressure for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you and thank you so much. Thanks. A real pleasure. All right. Bye, girlies. Bye. See you. And then I'm like, it's just like talking to friends. I mean, it is. It is.
But Brooke's also a, a sacred journalist, so she wants to like, <laughs> present do. her <laughs> present her. She does the research. She's got the notes. Yeah. I just literally show up. I will read, like, all the articles of the week, like, do all the research, and then she'll just be like, that's dumb. Next. (laughs) Uh, Quality control. All right. Where are you going? 